Episode 10 of Pop, our tribute to Adam West. Pop. Welcome back to Pop, your pop culture podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by Courtney Cronendold. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today, Courtney? Pretty good. Good to hear. Doing pretty well. It's been very hot where you are. You posted a a photo of you in the car calling me on your car phone, and wow. It was hot. It was 103 in the shade. It was 103, and I was working on on a reel yesterday, a casting reel for girls, like all pretty girls were in it and they felt so bad they were also sweaty because in the studio we had to shut off the fans and the air conditioning each time we started rolling because it made too much noise and and when the makeup starts melting you know you're in trouble it really like we were like blasting people through we're like okay how you do okay but okay thanks bye okay you're all set like it we were just trying to like blast through it and then by the time we went to lunch just getting out of the car and walking from the car into the restaurant it made everybody tired because it was so hot i imagine Mm-hmm. I'll try to stay cool out there because even though we love it when things are hot and popping here, we also want everyone to stay cool and stay healthy and stay happy. Yes. Today on Pop, our tribute to Adam West. Adam West left us recently. He passed on. He had an incredible run, and it's very sad that, that we've lost him, but he left an incredible body of work, and... He was just really cool, wasn't he? Oh, sure. Who didn't like Adam West? Even if you weren't like a big, huge Batman fan, like if it wasn't like a religion or like you were like a diehard, people still found him. He was just he was just that celebrity that, first of all, everybody knew. And then certainly in this town, he was very well liked. He was always on the radio here. And, you know, the, the guys over at K-Rock like love him. Mm-hmm. And he was always doing stuff around town and then anytime you know my friends would go to like one of the conventions or whatever Adam West would always like pop up somehow and everyone always had a great story about their experience with him I had lunch the other day with a friend of mine who was working on Return of the Cape Crusaders sequel as an editor mm-hmm. and he's also a fan so it was kind of fun for him to look at all the footage and everything and go through stuff and and he was working on this, when, of course, when Adam West passed away. They were still not finished with one of the last installments. Yes. He said that this is the first project that they've starred together since the pilot they did in the early 60s, Alexander the Great, the TV pilot. Yes, that's right. A lot of people don't remember that or know about it. But Adam West and William Shatner were doing this. and You can find it on YouTube. So yes. some of the listeners may already know about this. But if you don't... I didn't, obviously. This is pretty interesting. He said the pilot was never picked up, and if it had been, and that they were starring in it, it's very likely that there would have been a different Batman and a different Captain Kirk. Everybody think about that for a second. The mind reels. Mm Mm-hmm. So, because both of those series started the following year after that pilot. You know, you think about how different pop culture could have been had those two people not have found those strong roles isn't that crazy i I think that it's amazing that william shatner is going to be playing two-face and that adam west and burt ward are going to be doing this i just thought it was exciting i had a friend that was working on on this it absolutely is and i know i'm excited because it's going to be the one of the last things adam west ever did along with william shatner as two-face this is going to be very cool and it'll be a nice 
a nice little bookend to the Batman Adam West career. Yes. I, I look mean, forward to that um, very much. Apparently it's going to be pretty killer. Yeah, absolutely is. And, it, you know, this this continues on, and it seems like right now in pop culture it's a, it's a huge celebration. Even prior, you know, over the last few years they've been doing a lot of stuff with the Batman 66. Once the TV show rights were settled that it could come out on DVD and Blu-ray, it also cleared the way for merchandising and a return to writing stories in the Batman 66 genre, if you will. It's actually become its own little mini-universe, so uh-huh. it's really cool that that's happening. What was your first memory of him as Batman? Like, like, what do you remember even from your childhood? I certainly was a fan of the original Batman, mostly as a kid. And mm-hmm. then I really enjoyed that documentary they did about him recently. I yes. found that really, that was really well done. Mm-hmm. You always felt like when he was there, like everything was going to be okay. Absolutely. I loved Julie Newmar. I mean, uh, who didn't? not just, yeah, not just because of the monkeys, but she was just cool. But as a kid, I mean, most girls had crushes on Robin. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was like a big part of Batman. And I always thought Batman was much older than he actually was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you're a kid, everybody over a certain age seems like like they could be all 78 to 30, right? Like it's the same age group. Right. And then then as you get older, you start to see things that like freak me out. Like it freaks me out that when I – I'll be looking in a magazine and it'll have – check for your – appropriate age group and it's got like you know 18 and under 18 and 30 and then at some point it goes to like 40 to 79 and it's like wait a second there's a lot of you're (laughs) missing a lot of stuff here you know to to so old we know that you're dipping into your retirement and savings and know you're not going to spend lots of money on this so we don't give a shit age just check this box if we know you're not going to buy anything yeah because you're saving (laughs) <laughs> you're on fixed income check this box <laughs> you're eating cat food uh, <laughs> beans again <laughs> yum okay. but it, it, we we now live in a time where everything can be celebrated collected and loved and the blu-ray set recently came out of the batman tv show and i'm telling you as someone who was a lifelong fan it was very exciting to finally get that in this quality so i'm very grateful for this and i'm also grateful for the fact that adam west got to have kind of a a really nice second lap over the last 20 years or so from everything from his voice work to comedic roles and things like that you know living off of his past and he's become a pop culture icon like you mentioned william shatner the two of those gentlemen really have a certain thing where they can parody themselves and you can laugh with them and they they're able to keep things going and that's something to celebrate the ability to be able to do that yes and i know that the day that we found out about adam's west passing you contacted me said ken are you okay i remember that yeah of course you know like when my i mean i know when celebrities pass on Uh certainly with my friends because most of them are actors and comedians and they're and a lot of them are narcissists and everything's about them Uh and um when someone passes away like a celebrity facebook blows up twitter blows up a lot of people are doing it as a memorial or like an homage like a tribute like thank you for your like being alive and Uh doing what you did and then others go i can't even deal with today i met prince one time in a bathroom and he shook my hand and today is just you know and it's like 
when people like turn it around and make it about themselves that way, I don't know, it starts to irritate me just because yeah. I know how comedians think and work. Mm-hmm. And when I start seeing like Facebook covered in that, I'm just like, you guys, it's not about you. Turn, you change your words a little bit and make it about the person to celebrate their life. Right. But like my favorite actor passed away this last year. My favorite actor since I was 17 years old has always been Bill Paxton. Mm. I've seen everything he's ever done. I was madly in love with him throughout my 20s. Like, I would have dropped everything to marry him. And I literally have seen everything he's done. I even made it through After Dark, even though it was freaky and it scared the shit out of me. I love that movie. I can't handle those kind of movies. I love um, that movie. Well, you know I can't handle movies like that, even though that's more of a vampire than a zombie. But... Like, One False Move is one of my favorite movies. Aliens, the second Aliens, is in my mm-hmm. top five favorite movies of all time. Not just because he's in it, but that's a part of it. So when he passed away, I was, like, really bummed. And I cried, and I was, like, super sad. And I felt sad for his wife. And I just was, like, super sad. And I got all these calls and texts from people that know me really well. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about Bill Paxton. I never met him. I never knew him, but it really affected me. And Mm. I know that that's how you feel about Adam West. Yeah, the uh, three big uh, TV acting heroes were Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, and Adam West. And thankfully, we still have William Shatner. He's got a great sense of humor, as did Adam West. And it's just fantastic that uh, we get to celebrate their career and their lives. So... On this episode of POP, we're going to be joined by some very cool people. Dan Greenfield from 13 Dimension website and blog, and he's a huge Batman fan. And Tim Powers, who is a DJ and comedian, and he will be talking about his love of all things Batman and Adam West as well. Right now, our staff announcer and very cool friend of the show, one of our main contributors, Christine Carlson-Wolf, has prepared this for us. Thank you, Ken. On June 9, the world lost a pop culture icon. Adam West was born September 19, 1928, the son of a farmer father and a concert pianist slash opera singing mother. His career spanned seven decades, but it was the role of TV's Batman that made Adam West a household name and brought the character of Batman to international fame. Though the show was only on the air from 1966 to 1968, West's campy, over-the-top portrayal of Gotham's Guardian infiltrated nearly every medium, including a 1966 movie and several animated series. And although other actors would don the cowl, West personified Batman just as the role would define West as a performer and endear him to generations of fans. Over the years, his talent shone through the often dark skies of pop culture, like the bat signal itself. He became a ubiquitous part of pop culture, and he lived long enough to see his contributions and humor glorified in music, TV, and film. Here is Adam with the cast of The Big Bang Theory, debating just who was the best Batman. Are you crazy? How can you put Michael Keaton in front of Christian Bale? Oh, please. <laughs> Even my poodle's no Bale's overrated. Thank you. That's why I say Keaton's number one. He brought a sense of humor to the role. 
Well, if you're going to factor in a sense of humor, well, I should be at the top of the list. <laughs> it should be me, Keaton, Kilmer, Lego, Bale, and that pretty boy, Cloney. Really? You're ahead of Bale? The man who personified the words, I'm Batman. <laughs> I never had to say I'm Batman. I showed up. People knew I was Batman. <laughs> Everywhere I went on the TV show mall openings, Julie Newmar's bungalow. I'm sold. You're ahead of bail. <laughs> <laughs> There's another reason I should be higher on the list. All those other guys had muscles built in their costumes. All I had in my bat suit was 100% grade A West. Can we just all agree we're worried about Affleck? Sure. Yeah, of course. What's an Affleck? Since his passing, many have expressed condolences and shared their thoughts about West. Here are a few notable examples. Ben Affleck tweeted, Adam West exemplified heroism. Kind, funny, and an all-around great guy. Thank you for showing us how it's done. Val Kilmer, also on Twitter, wrote, Ah, oh, dear Adam West, he was always so kind when we met, a real gent. Once, when I was a kid, we found ourselves in front of the Batmobile, and I got in. Kevin Conroy wrote, Adam West has passed the Batman of my childhood. He brought us so much entertainment and was truly a class act. We'll miss you, Adam. The lovely Julie Newmar, who played Catwoman opposite Adam's Batman in the TV series, said, Stellar, exemplar, a king to the end. He was bright, witty, and fun to work with. I will miss him in the physical world and savor him always in the world of imagination and creativity. He meant so much to people. It seems fitting that Burt Ward, a.k.a. Robin the Boy Wonder, has the last word. He posted the following on his Facebook page days after Adam West passed. Last Friday night, June 9, 2017, we lost the physical presence of an amazing human being, a wonderful family man, a great father and devoted husband, and a sparkling personality with incredible charm, wit, stature, and eloquence. But there was so much more to this man. He brought happiness, joy, excitement, thrills, and justice into the hearts and minds of tens of millions of kids of all ages across this entire planet in an otherwise increasingly turbulent world. Bigger than life, a classic superhero whose words and deeds inspired bravery, integrity, honesty, and humility, Adam West was, still is, and always will be Batman. Adam loved his fans and loved bringing marvelous, wholesome, grand, and fantastic fun and humor to every attentive soul. Adam doesn't want you to be sad. His spirit thrives on in your happiness. He wants you to be happy, and he wants you to make each and every day in your life as wonderful as it can be. 
We are all on this planet for such a very short time. Make every day special. Stay close to your family and friends. Look upon life with fondness and gentleness. Be careful, not reckless. Knowing Adam as I have for more than one half of a century, he would want you to remember the three essentials to happiness. Someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. I have Adam right here in my heart, and that's a wonderful feeling. In honor of his memory, I will continue to meet and greet all of you who have enjoyed our television series and who want to come out and say hello at my appearances. Ken, Courtney, and I send our heartfelt condolences to the West family. And we want to encourage each of our listeners here at POP to be a hero to someone today. I'm Christine Wolf for POP, a pop culture podcast, saying thank you, Batman. Thank you, Christine. Now check out this ad for friend of the show and early queen of pop culture. It's Teen Beats Ann Moses with her book, Meow. Our next judge is an editor of a magazine, and she's probably one of the prettiest editors that you'll ever meet. From Tiger Beat magazine, Miss Ann Moses. In 1966, teenage girls all over the U.S. be Ann Moses. Why? And she's probably one of the prettiest editors that you'll ever meet. From Tiger Beat Magazine, Miss Ann Moses. In 1966, teenage girls all over the U.S. wanted to be Ann Moses. Why? She worked for Tiger Beat Magazine, one of the largest teen heartthrob publications in the world. Every month, she took young fans where they wanted to be, right next to their favorite musician or actor. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, Tiger Beat was the source for teens, both girls and boys, to read about their favorite musicians and actors. And Ann Moses was in the center of it all. For years, I told their stories. Now I'm telling mine. From touring with Paul Revere and the Raiders to surviving Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, I went on many adventures, and with every article, I took you, the readers, along for the ride. You get to go behind the scenes and see what a groovy time it was. If you were there with Anne from the beginning, this book is her way of saying thank you. You can get Anne Moses' book, Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols. On Amazon or wherever fine books are sold, you can get the book autographed at annmoses.com for a limited time only. Find her on facebook.com forward slash annmoses. Groovy, man. That's, that's groovy. That's gear. That's hip. And as part of our tribute to Adam Weston, his career as Batman, it's the Plaid Jackets with their song, Adam West is Batman. You can get this on Amazon.com or iTunes. Later. 
from 13th Dimension, and you're listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast. Hey, it's Tim Powers from Deep Dish Radio, and when I'm on the internet and not doing my own show or not looking at sites that are blocked at work, I'm listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast.
And now on Pop, a pop culture podcast, as we continue our look at the career of Adam West, I'd like to introduce Tim Powers to the show. Hello. And I'd also like to introduce Dan Greenfield. Hey, guys. Now, people that may not know you, uh, Tim, you do Deep Dish Radio, and you also do Hiram's Lodge, a Riverdale's podcast, and we're big fans here at Pop. And Dan Greenfield, you. you do you do a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Thirteenth Dimension is uh, is my website and uh, and and my and my personal obsession, you might say. Yes, and Dan, you you love Batman as much as. Tim Powers and myself do. All three of us are confirmed West fans. Yes, definitely. West lovers, as, as, as we could say in this case. What does Adam West's portrayal of Batman mean to you, Dan Greenfield? You know, he's he was the start of something big for me. My earliest memories involved watching the show what we now call batman 66 i'm mm-hmm. you know fi- i turned 50 this year it was in syndication in new york city i grew up in new jersey so we were in the new york media sphere and you know batman was there first that's all i can you know it's, it's like the earliest thing that i can remember as far as pop culture and it was and his performance was my gateway to comic books and other movies and you know all the way through you know 45 years later but on a personal level he was he was a sign of stability. I grew up in a in a kind of a chaotic atmosphere. My parents were divorced. It wasn't, you know, it, not to put to find a point on it or anything. wasn't exactly the the greatest atmosphere all the time. But Batman was the place that I could go for sort of stability and a sense of security. And he was like the ultimate dad. I can identify with that as well. Tim, what does Adam West's portrayal of Batman mean to you? You know, Dan said it really, he used exactly the phrase that, that I've been ruminating on since I heard about Adam's passing, and that Adam was the gateway to so much great stuff. In probably 1974, I was about five years old, and, and Batman 66 was in syndication. And, you know, I, I, I was a fan of the, the Captain Marvel TV show, Shazam, um, and Super Friends and things like that. But what captured me about Adam and Batman, first of all, at five years old, all of the jokes, all of the jokes were way over my head, right? Right. But the, the crazy, weird kind of stream of consciousness plot was exactly the kind of thing that you would play in the backyard with your buddies where stuff just happened and you took it very seriously. And I took, you know, Batman 66 very seriously when they were tied up over a vat of acid or whatever. You're like, oh, my God, I I can't wait until tomorrow. What's going to happen? Right. And Adam's Batman was so relatable that, you know, I could never be Captain Marvel. I could certainly never push a planet out of orbit like Superman did on, on Super Friends. But I could, you know run around and punch a guy in the face with absolutely no superpowers. And, you know, Adam was not only relatable, but because he presented himself in such a way, he really kind of shaped a moral compass for a lot of us, reminding us, you know, the importance of, uh, of good dental hygiene or wearing your seatbelt or good grammar is important at all times, Robin. And, you know, it was just the, the combination of those little gentle reminders and the fact that he was held up in this show as the as the pinnacle of good gave us something to look up to. And he was certainly a, a, a nice dichotomous 
contrast against the other pinnacle of goodness and niceness in our childhood, who, who was Fred Rogers, who, mm-hmm. not to take away from Fred, by all means, what he did was really important, but Batman was a little cooler than Fred, you know what I mean? A lot cooler, and I loved Mr. Yeah. Rogers, too. Me, too. But, but and, you know, you, you, you mentioned moral compass, which is something I've used a lot over the last week, because that's, that's also kind of what I was getting at. I mean, he was, a, he was a black and white personality in the best possible way, is that there, he, was, he was consistent. There was, there was you know, the, the what would Batman do concept, you know, it's, you could see it in an Adam West, because he always did the right thing. And I know that it wasn't Adam West. It was a role, and the writers, and the producers, and the directors, and that was all part of the whole shtick. Right. But the way he embodied it, the, his his, I guess the best way I could put it is his winking sincerity, that he was he was sincere for the kids, he was committed to the role, and also he was playing it with a wink for the adults. So it did work on all of those different levels, levels which I did not recognize, of course, until I was an adult myself. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, I mean, he was it, and. It wasn't until after I was well grounded and already hardwired for Batman because of the show that I then started to discover comic books and and everything that that came after that, you know, Mego action figures and, and what have you. But it all started with Adam West. And that's a common theme I've also heard a number of times over the years whenever I've talked to or interviewed uh, comic book creators is that particularly of a certain generation, almost all of them to a person goes back, well, I started with Adam West. You know, I started with yeah. Batman. Yeah. So we did a piece at 13th Dimension that I, that I also ran last weekend, you know, about how he launched a thousand careers. You know, for, for certain people, you know, this is, a, this is something, something that you love and really enjoy. For some people, it actually, his performance in this show actually influenced them to the point where they actually decided on a certain career because of how they got started with this show. Mm-hmm. Right. For a lot of us who couldn't read yet or right. were young readers adam was uh, the batman 66 was the introduction to this and as soon as right. we got as soon as we were able to read some of the first things i grabbed were were batman comics or Absolutely. thanks to the good folks at pbs i grabbed spider-man too because uh-huh. i, right. I love the the spider-man on the on the electric company which is um which was supremely dumb <laughs> right, it, but it know, didn't matter. I would I would watch the Electric Company living for those sequences when Spider Man would pop. You up. and me both, Dan. Yeah. Let me, I, yeah. I want to check and see how how closely aligned we are, Dan. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the day you got the Batman and Robin Mego action figures? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. In fact, I remember the day when I first saw them. And if you'll no. permit me, Ken. Yeah, no, I'll. This 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 was this was a, and and I've I've mentioned this. You know, I've written about this at the site, but. What that was one of those days or one of those moments when, not to be sacrilegious, where you felt like the skies opened up and you were hit by a bolt of light and everything changed. I was at my friend Philip Tagliferi's house, um, and he, we went to different schools, and I was in kindergarten, and I remember because I was, I was uh, whatever it was, I, he was going to different school, he was getting ready for school, I wasn't going yet, and it was because his mom was babysitting me, so I walk into his room and. There on his on his bureau, Batman and Robin Migos, and it was just like I didn't know anything like this could exist. I had my little Corgi Batmobile, and right. I used to make you know and, and that stuff, but this was something else entirely. And when my mom picked me up that afternoon, I, I, I I'm a, I'm sure it's all I could have talked about. Begged, 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 and I got Batman almost immediately. If it wasn't that day, it might have been the next day. 
because I, I remember getting Batman and then a little while later I got my Robin along with a, 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 a Batcave playset that was made by Ideal. Oh, you featured... had the Batcave, you lucky dog. Yeah, no, well, I'm not talking about the Mego Batcave. I'm talking about Ideal's Batcave. That was a they made a, a series of the I know we're getting off point here, but it's all it's all related. They made a series of of playsets. There was a Spider-Man, a Superman and a Batman. And the Batman one, you would unfold it and it had these separate sections. There was a Wayne Manor, a Batcave and a, a museum where crimes would commit be committed. And they had all these little these cardboard cutouts of the characters. And of course, even though it wasn't. You know, they didn't look like Adam West and Burt Ward. It was the same cast, the same major villains with Mr. Freeze thrown in. You had your Bruce Wayne and your Dick Grayson. And that's where I would also act out a lot of my my own Batman 66 adventures between okay. the Migos and then this. And then, of course, later I did get the Mego Batcave, which to this day remains the best toy I ever got. Oh, the Mego Batcave. Yeah. Mm. Very mm. good. Television really went from black and white and color to me and I feel most of us in this pop culture thing that we're a part of you had shows like Star Trek, The Monkees and Batman which seemed to really thrive under this new thing called colored television and it seemed like we went as a culture from black and white to color and I remember watching Batman when it originally aired. Did you gentlemen see it in reruns, or are either of you old enough to remember back in the day? Everything for me was reruns. Um, me too. All, yeah, all of the st- like in New York, you had three local channels that ran this. St- I mean, you, you had the network affiliates, but then you had the local stations: Channel Five, Channel Nine, Channel Eleven. Channel Eleven was Batman, and that was appointment television. You know, no matter you know, and and of course, as you're talking about a time, not that it bears repeating, you didn't get to program your own TV. You didn't get to watch this stuff, you know, whenever you wanted to. It was on when it was on, and if it was on, you were not going to miss it. Right. Batman was one of those shows, but we had Star Trek was not on after school. That was like on the weekends for some reason. But all of the other stuff, it was all you know, Gilligan's Island, the monkeys. Monkeys were on Channel Five. You know, you had this. This was all syndication stuff. And as a, as a friend of mine and a fellow podcaster, John S. Drew of the Batcave Podcast, refers to those of us who watched Batman '66 in the '70s as first-generation syndication babies. And that's and that's what I was. I, I was born in '67, so when I was a baby, the show was still on. But I didn't become aware of it until it was already into syndication on local television. Mm. Yeah, I, I was born in '69. So, you know, it didn't appear on my radar until 74, 75 in syndication. But uh, God love him. I had a cool dad who was like, I think you would like this. And he sat down and watched it with me because <laughs> he watched it in college. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, he, he, you know, it was cool. We sat and, and, and watched it. And, uh, and he and I actually shared a moment last week. He had a, an interesting point. Ken, you and I talked about this before we started mm-hmm. recording, and I think it bears repeating, that for our generation, Adam's passing is similar to his generation and uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans' passing. Oh, I can see that. And it was because that was that generation's video father. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy was, Roy was a straight arrow. Roy was, uh, was always honorable and, and brave and, you know, all the things that a Boy Scout ought to be. And all the things that us as young men aspired to be. And Adam's Batman was that for us. Absolutely. And I was 
if I may tell my story, I was Please. I was of a course, very young boy. Show, man. Well, well <laughs> I was a very young tune in for Ken's story after this. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in nineteen sixty three, so this will let you know about how old I was. I remember getting the Sears catalog and sitting there with, with my, my, my grandparents and my mom and my uncles and anyone who would listen, all the things I wanted from the Sears catalog, which was full right. of Batman stuff. I mean, every once in a while you'll see these catalog sheets pop up online, but it if I could have had everything on that, I just would have been the happiest kid of all time. And Batman helped me ha- be one of the happiest kids of all time despite not having a father despite not having a lot of wealth I was able to live in that electric world of Batman and I had I remember I had this green pillow (laughs) that had Batman and the Batman logo on it I had the Batman pajamas they were blue and there's Batman and Robin and I remember associating Batman with running around with a towel around my neck and then being called in to eat dinner and then bath time, just in time to get on someone's lap and watch the adventures of the Cape Crusaders. And then the show would end and they would get the little Batman bubblegum cards for me and I was always disappointed because they had the paintings on them as opposed to actual photos. And I thought, (laughs) this doesn't look right. I don't like this. And so I would go between that and reading comic books and it was very real to me. And we talk about the silliness and the camp of the show, but I'm telling you, as a kid, and I'm talking about from the time of three or four to being 17 I never saw any camp in that show it wasn't really until I discovered girls that I picked up on what Adam was laying down as far as Catwoman (laughs) and stuff like that (laughs) that's great but when when they were trapped at the end that was some real shit I mean this was real heavy duty drama stuff going down and the absurdity of having the fly on your nose and right. having the bat fly swatter, you know, that, that sort of thing. That was all incredibly real. Batman wasn't a joke. He was incredibly well prepared from everything from the bat fly swatter to the bat shark repellent, as we all remember. <laughs> we are 11 yeah. minutes in, and we've already dropped the shark repellent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, For it, those of you it, keeping score at home. Yes, it, it has to be. So to me, Adam West's portrayal of Batman was not a joke. It was serious stuff. Yeah. As yeah. I grew, my love or dislike of the show grew or lessened. And there's this thing that happens to us when we become adults. We become jaded. We become... Ah, that's kid stuff. When in reality, the stuff that's kid stuff are the things that I've went back to and had to learn to appreciate, not for what I thought they were, but for what they were. And if you can do that, you're you're living a blessed life. I see so many people on the internet with doing nothing but complaining, and I'm I'm trying to soak up as much of this goodness that's out there as we can, right? You know, Ken, one of the things that 
that you you brought to the the forefront, Ken, is a lot of the things that you mentioned work on a couple of different levels. Star mm-hmm. Trek works on a couple of different levels. Mm-hmm. Batman sixty six works on a couple couple of different levels. Bullwinkle, for example, yes. works on on a few different levels, and so you can enjoy it as you transition into adulthood because you start going, oh wait, this is what they were trying to do. This is brilliant, right? And and you appreciate it for you appreciate it as something new. 20 years later after you discovered it and uh and batman 66 was like that for me i remember watching the uh the feature film which was one of the first things i ever recorded on a video cassette it was airing uh, you know on some station and uh and i taped the movie and my high school buddies sat around and enjoyed this novelty called video recording and it was at that point we're all like oh my god this is one big long 90 minute joke this is hilarious and i mean and sober we backed it up and watched the jokes probably five or six different times you know (laughs) yeah it's the way i feel about it is that i loved that show intensely as a kid and i love it intensely now but for completely different reasons and 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 i went through that period where i rejected it you know where, where i got to the point where i was you know early 20s late teens because even among comic book fans it was it was oh man you like Batman oh come on and there and no 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 you know all that kind of stuff you know I was all about Frank Miller I was all about the Dark Knight and and all of that kind of stuff that was going on yeah. and I remember in 1989 or the year before when they announced that Michael Keaton was going to play Batman and and those of us hardcore Batman fans at that point were horrified because oh, we had a just, fit didn't we <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean if the internet had let had existed then. Could you just imagine? And and people went bananas and because it was like, oh, no, here we go again. They're never going to take this serious character seriously. Right. And, it, and for me, it wasn't until after my son was born, and he's 18 now, that I started getting that itch, you know, starting thinking about the show again and started – and I, it would pop up on, you know, syndication or cable here and there and I thought it was kind of funny and about, you know, even, you know, I'd say recently is, you know, 10 or 15 years ago was when I really started when he was a toddler because you could only get the movie on, on DVD, right. picked that up, couldn't stop watching it over and over again, tracked down the bootlegs, watched, you know, the, the, the washed out video, watched it whenever I could and, and rediscovered it in a way that I could say that I love it as intensely now as I did as a kid but just in a different way because you can't really compare anything you think anything you love as a kid is a very special kind of love yeah but but as an adult my appreciation for it like I couldn't stand King Tut Victor Borno when I was a kid it was like oh no really now Victor Borno comes on and I'm laughing before he opens up his mouth he just <laughs> incredibly funny he was just all just his looks his asides everything about those episodes to me just sparkle Absolutely. And we were talking about enjoying them like you did as a child. You know, I mentioned that it was bath time and then it was time to watch the show. So I can never get clean enough or squeaky enough or warm enough to have that feeling of sitting in front of the TV and just giving yourself over to that. I don't have that luxury sometimes. But when I was a kid, it was like you mentioned the phrase appointment television boy was it ever and they let you know same bat time same bat channel right same bat appointment television times (laughs) the the hardest thing that i had to choose at that time 
was when Batman was on Channel 11. In New York, we had something called the 430 movie. Mm-hmm. And that was on Channel 7. And that day would have like theme weeks. Like they'd have Ape Week. So they'd have all like, like the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, they'd have Godzilla Week. They'd have Monster Week. They'd have Matt Helm Week. I mean, you name it. Gidget Week. Superhero Week. The first two days of the week, usually. Maybe sometimes they did it the last two days of the week. They would break the Batman movie up into two parts. Mm. And so and, – and because it was on at 4.30, it was always on at the same time or almost always on the same time that Batman was on over Channel 11. And so you're trying to time the commercials just right. So, OK, now I'm over here in a, you know, a, a bookworm episode and then now I'm back to Channel 7 so I can watch the movie. And then I go back and back – so that you try to go you – know, that for that half hour, for that hour, if they were running back-to-back episodes, get all Batman all the time with no commercial breaks. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I now, was thinking about Adam and, and his, his post-Batman career or his pre-Batman career and yes. some of the cool things that he was able to do because I remember uh, the first time I saw The Outlaws is coming, right? Mm-hmm. I love the Stooges, even the Curly Joe movies. <laughs> and, and Adam was, uh, you know, was the romantic lead pre-Batman in The Outlaws is coming with the Three Stooges. And if you, if you read joe dorita's autobiography or mo howard's autobiography they both talk about what a real sweetheart and professional adam was and how they they felt honored to work with a guy who became an icon of the times before he was before he was an icon and when you think about who the stooges worked with prior to 1961 they worked with legends and they were excited to work with adam that's saying something that is I mean, that's also part of what's come out in the in the past week is the the outpouring for him, and it's also there, there there is that constant theme of him being a gentleman too. You know, I mean, nobody's perfect. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, there everybody's got their warts, and you know, I'm sure that he had his, and by his own admission, that you know, the issues that he had when the show ended, and the troubles that he had after you know because he found himself typecast and all of that stuff, but. The consistent theme, though, is that you didn't have anybody online saying not good riddance, but nobody, nobody with like, well, I, you know, I, I, I never thought that he was that great because he was a jerk to me at a comic book convention. There's none of that, you know, right. none of that kind of stuff. And that stuff still goes on. Those cliches exist for a reason. And speaking from personal experience, I did get a chance to meet him a couple of times and he lived up to exactly what you would hope that he would. Certainly, he, he seemed to to understand he seemed to understand exactly what it was that he had done. Maybe he didn't in 1973, but he certainly did by 2017 for sure, let alone you know, the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, and, but that's really great because all of the people who I've talked to or all the people who I've dealt with in the last week or so with all the stuff that we've written over 13th Dimension, that has been a common theme that you know he was great to me. He was great to me. So it's nice that when you do have those – and look, we're grownups. We do distinguish, as I said, said earlier, the, the, the role and the man. And you have to do that. You can't – it's not the same thing. Batman doesn't exist. Adam West's Batman doesn't exist. He played a role. He just did it in such a way that it captured the attention of a generation or captured the imagination of a generation. But then he enhanced it by the way he, he – his self-effacing humor – the yeah. way others seem to regard working with him. Um, uh-huh. Last week after after the news came out, I, I I called Julie Newmar and and I asked her. I said, "Do you you know did he understand?" And she says, "Yeah, I, he really embraced it. He really seemed to understand it." And my and my feeling about it also is because I think a generation had to pass 
you know, the, the people like me had to have, you know, the, that sense of mortification kind of go away. But on top of that, you had to have people from our generation all of a sudden start being in position of power. You know, his the, the contemporary executives who were typecasting, as soon as they, you know, eventually they left and then the Conan O'Briens and the Robert Smigels and the Seth MacFarlane's, they bring Adam West back into the fore and, and remind everybody how much we love the guy. And it kind of took some time, but he became a national treasure in the end. And I think that's why you had the city of Los Angeles this week having something at City Hall and lighting City Hall up with a bat signal. Way to go, Garcetti. I, Great job. Yeah, I'm serious. That was fantastic. The only thing that was missing was the fact that it wasn't New York for me because I'm being selfish and because it's the real Gotham City. I was like, no. Well, Dan, let me let me bring it full circle for you. Yeah. Um, L.A. City Hall, that building that they shine the light on, yeah. was the Daily Planet for George Reeves. Yes. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all because it, it, you know, of course, because everything was filmed there. It's yeah. Gotham City West. It's Metropolis West. So it, it made all of the sense in the world. Of course, it was going to be Los Angeles. But I thought, who? when was the last time they've done that for anybody? I can't Never. remember the time that they've done that. Never. And that just shows how much it matters to people. And and, and I don't know for you. I'm a, I don't mean to dominate here. I'm just – but the one last thing I'll say on this point was the number of messages and, and, and emails and texts that I got from people who – have no idea, not no idea, but they're not into this at all. It's not people like what I would call civilians, people who just, you know, oh yeah, Batman was a show I used to like. The amount of outpouring I got from those people because they knew how important he was to me was deeply, deeply moving. And I imagine it was the same for you guys. Mm-hmm. Totally. No question. Funny enough, I have not met Adam, but I did meet Bert mm. a few years ago and got a bumper for, for some things that I was working on. And he couldn't have been more agreeable and Bert was aware of what the show meant to everybody yeah he had a, a tremendous sense of humor about it I mentioned the the boy wonder I love you Frank Zappa singles which I'm sure oh, yeah. you guys both have heard mm-hmm. absolutely and now would be a good time to play that Ken hi kids it's me your pal the boy wonder this opportunity to catch up on my fan mail. Even as a boy wonder, it's really hard to read all the tons of mail I get. Here is a happy letter from someone just about your age. Dear, cute, wonderful, fabulous, magnificent, exquisite boy wonder, a cold chill runs up my spine every time I see you soccer villain. I cry when you're even scratched. Please don't send me a mimeograph copy of interesting facts about you. I want your handwriting. I have a whole wall of my room dedicated to you. Oh boy, wonder, I'm making a gum wrapper chain to symbolize my love for you. It's going to be as long as I am tall. I'm five foot ten inches in stocking feet. Please, boy wonder, please come next Saturday and sleep for a week or two. I will feed you breakfast in bed. I will make your bed for you. And I like you so much that I want you to spend the whole summer with me. I hope you know this is a girl writing.
you know, he laughed about it. He said, you know, my daughter brings that out and plays with it now and then whenever I have producers come over and want to talk about stuff. But he knew that everybody who looked to Adam as that father figure looked to Bert as that identification. Mm-hmm. You know, God, we as much as we wanted to look up to Batman, we wanted to be Robin. Yeah, absolutely. You wanted to have, I mean, he was like the coolest dad in the world or uncle or, yeah. you know, or, or I mean, for me, I always thought of it as a father figure, but other people have said uncle or older brother. It all works. I mean, it's just like, how cool would it be to hang out with this guy all the time and go, you know, go knock down the Joker? It's great stuff. And, and, and just I, or just slide down the pole. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. Well, all of it, just hang out in the Batcave. And right. and the thing about Burt Ward is that, and he's another case of you talk about a victim of timing. People do not give Burt Ward the credit that he deserves for his performance because it was basically his first job. And he's, his career was definitely hobbled by the fact because he was typecast, you know, in terms of his acting. But he's so good in that role that that he was he really was a natural. And I know that that's what they told him. They said, just be yourself. That was kind of the direction that they gave him. Yeah. But it worked in the history of the the multimedia history of Batman since 1966. You know, once the animated series showed up after the after the Tim Burton movies, it was great to see Adam go back to the well a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, if you remember the episode of the animated series where he played the gray ghost. Yeah. Or episodes. I think he was the voice of the filmation Batman Saturday morning show. Uh, the, the second version, the one in the 70s. As yes, the one, the one in the, the 70s. 60s. Right. Yeah. The one with Batmite. Right, um, and I think he was also Batman on Super Friends for a season. Yes, yeah, f- later on, yeah, he was, and came back and did the, <laughs> did the superhero roast. You, there's enough can be said about that, but right. you know, <laughs> he they, they brought him back enough times that I think he even did a voice on 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 Brave and Bold. Yeah, yes, he, he did. He played go, Thomas Wayne. Yes, yes, and he should have been Thomas Wayne in Tim Burton's movie. He and Julie Newmar should have been Thomas and Martha Wayne, but eh. Yeah, they should have. They they didn't, you know, and, and he apparently was upset that he did not get a chance to be in that movie. Justifiably so. Justifiably yeah. so. Although, you know, they dusted off the show and he started showing up in uh, in the press all over the place right. around that time. Uh-huh. Still, he could have been a jerk about it. Said, well, I'm just not Batman. Uh, I do a lot more stuff. But chose to embrace Batman and allowed himself to be in a situation where literally every weekend... 20,000 people walk up to him and tell him how important he was in their development. Yeah. You know, funny that you mentioned that. I remember going to a convention slash auto show kind of thing back in the 80s, and it was the first time I met Adam. And I took a bunch of comics with me, and I met him and his bodyguard. Now, I mentioned his bodyguard because, wow, that guy was a character. But let me let me explain a few things. Adam was larger than life, even back then. And I would say at this point, he wasn't really loved by the pop culture that like he is now. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yes. there were little kids that were coming up to him, and he was signing comic books. And he, and he would ask the kid, "How would you like me to sign this?" And he would sometimes sign it as Batman, or Batman. Adam West because in a sense and and he explained this to me that he was trying to keep that vision whole he was Santa Claus to that kid his Batman was Santa Claus to that kid so when the kid looked down and saw Adam West 
Adam West doesn't exist. It was just Batman. They know that they still were seeing that guy on Channel 43 out of Cleveland twice a day, and that was still their guy. And I got to meet him out of costume, and I thought I was some cool 20-some-year-old guy and, you know, Mr. Smooth and all this stuff. But when I saw him in the mask, in the cowl, I lost it. I mean, <laughs> and I was, I was in the same spot as those five-year-old kids handing him a comic book. And even though I had like a 20-minute conversation with him, I was writing for the Ashtabula Star Beacon, uh, I did an interview with him, and then I got to see him and go through the line, and I saw him hit on women. It was fantastic. He's like, well, would you like to come to the bat cave later? I've got a bat pole you could choose. <laughs> and things like that. And so he was customizable to each person that would come up to him. So to the five-year-old, he's telling him to make sure he listens to mom and dad, take his vitamins, grow up to be strong, and always be prepared. See you, same bat time, same bat channel. See you on channel 43. And then if a woman came by he was interested in, he'd, he'd do that shtick. And I think that, that some women counted on him to be flirtatious with them. You know what I'm saying? Because he flirted with every woman that came by. And then what do you do with a 20-some-year-old guy who's a big comics nerd? He did the same thing that he did with like the uh, five-year-old to me, <laughs> even though I had, I had he just saw you coming a mile away. Ken. Yeah, but yeah. I had just talked to him as Ken and Adam, and now I'm standing in front of Batman. Right. And he signed my comic books, Batman and Adam West. And I told him that day how much of a hero he was to me. And then years went by, conventions come and go things happen and around the time of the michael keaton batman remember what a mania that was it was yeah. as it was as hot as the mania was back in 1966 yes. yeah. and 67 yeah. but people were like ah the adam west thing uh, uh. Yeah. and i showed adam a picture of myself and he at this auto show from back in the 80s and Everyone was there because of Batman 89, the Keaton Batman, right? So he was kind of like lost in all of this. He was part of it, but he wasn't the big thing anymore. Right. I said, here's a picture of the two of us. And, and he asked me if he was still my hero, and I told him yes. And I told wow. him that he'd always be my hero. And it's not so much Adam West, the man... But Batman and what Adam West brought to it. There was a sincerity that could not be beat. And in the same way that Adam West would customize his responses in the signing line, he would also customize his portrayal of Batman. As an adult, you got one layer of sophistication. As a kid, those death traps were so serious. You know what I'm saying? If, if yeah. they were on the roof and the, the things burning them, or they had to climb up the side of the wall by putting their backs together, and I actually tried that when I was a kid, <laughs> except that I was alone. So I found a hallway, and I realized that if I put my feet 
on one side of the hallway and squished up my up the back I could actually get all the way up there and I remember scaring the hell out of my uncle who after I figured it out I was afraid of falling he came walking through and I said hi and he freaked out because there is this kid hanging up there and it's all because <laughs> of Batman and he actually pulled me down because I was afraid of falling <laughs> but but just as Adam West was customizable in that signing line he was also customizable on that show so as an adult you got one thing as a kid you got something else and even today i'm still picking up new stuff from that show there's there's something new about it all the time something electric but at this time when the the keaton batman movie came out he was passe and i think there was a part of him that kind of felt hurt by being replaced but thankfully the show was released into syndication again and that really helped him out as far as dealing with all of that he was loved again and they were able to do talk shows hi i'd like to know what you thought of the first batman if you saw it and what you thought of it the, 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 the Michael the first, Keaton movie, the yeah. first movie. Well, there's a great, uh, obviously a great depth of talent there and, and production design. And uh, I think that... Uh, what about the darkness, the dark quality of it? Was, well, it wasn't ours, was it, ladies? No, it wasn't. No, the oh, 60s was more just... fun. Yes. yes. Less schizophrenic. Well, ours yeah. was a little more lighthearted yeah. is all. And, yes. You know, it's just time for sex. It was an easier, gentler time, too. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for Batman. If he had any off-screen romances with any of the Catwomen? It's the wrong time to answer. (laughs) He went on to do so many things. He became such a huge part of pop culture. I mean, Family Guy, for example. (laughs) His, His Mare West and... Everything that he's ever done ever since Batman, it, it's been fantastic. And you, you can go back now and look at everything that he's done, and it's always been quality work. He and Shatner uh, on that... S- I don't know about that, Ken. Well, hold on. I'm talking about his work. Like, even if he showed up to do something crappy, the, the, the thing might have been crappy, but he always played that game right. That I'll give you. Yeah. So he could have been in a shit vehicle... But he played it up. He and William Shatner have this same thing that you can put them in a Priceline commercial or whatever, and they will give you 100%. You make a very interesting point, Ken. And as we're talking, one of the things, one of the lessons, life lessons that I will take away from watching Adam West, regardless of Batman, uh-huh. is ultimately embrace what the universe gave you. Yes. He spent a lot of You're time trying kidding. to distance himself from you know from this goofy batman show when it was passé mm-hmm. and and that gave us the last precinct and it gave us the happy hooker goes to hollywood yes. which i i watched <laughs> with embarrassment for adam but i knew he had to work you know right. or that that uh, superhero roast from yes. the 70s oh. where where you know 30 year old burt ward is is uh, is in tights and ultimately after keaton's batman movie we saw adam just take a deep breath and go all right, this is who I am. And he became the, he, he just embraced the icon of, of who he was instead of trying to fight it and going, I'm a serious actor. And he, he, he just went with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, 
and that's an important thing for for us as we as we ease into middle age to to kind of embrace. I, I agree 100%. It really is true about that. And it hadn't even occurred to me, but it is sticking with your sense of self. And and you're right. In the end, because people are saying, oh, well, he never walked away from it. And he never – I'm like, well, that's not really true. You know, the, he he definitely had mixed feelings about mm-hmm. – for a long time, there was a lot of on and off there, particularly what it did to his career and, and you know, as an actor. And, and uh, people don't get typecast anymore. You know, Chris Evans can play other things besides Captain America. Right. You know, Oscar winners are in are in every uh, superhero movie. You, know, you can thank Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman for that, but that's what that's where it started, and that's where things started to change. It still took some fits and starts between before it really, really you know launched that way. But Michael Keaton wasn't typecast after Batman, hardly. You know, and 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 now he can go back and do a different superhero movie. Adam West wasn't so lucky. He was born at the right time to become this you know ultimately to become this national treasure but he was also born at the wrong time because there were a lot of lean times in there at least in terms of his career that he had to get through and i I think you i think you raise a really important point about being true to yourself which of course if batman were here to tell us that that would be one of the lessons that he would tell us (laughs) (laughs) good point we are three big comic nerds and i know that everyone listening is not a big comic nerd and we don't want to get too much into this, but I feel that I have to mention it. We could do this, an entire episode based on this, and perhaps we will. We've seen Batman go from pow, bam, biff, boom, to a time when he actually grew up, where you had fantastic artists and and writers like Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams and so many people, Marshall Rogers, and I could go on and on and on, Gene Collins. I was just reading Marshall Rogers' uh, uh, run on Detective the other day. It's uh, so good. It is uh, classic it up. and excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And then people like Frank Miller got a hold of it, and the difference between the greatness of all of that is people like Frank Miller, he kind of helped usher in the grim and the gritty. Uh, place that we find ourselves in comic book pop culture which is now our main pop culture because comics are now the big thing comics are their comic book movies are their own genre in the same way that there were westerns and musicals and what have you so we've seen a cynical bitterness where you had something like alan moore or frank miller who were surgeons with scalpels Mm-hmm. We now see people that are running chainsaws instead of scalpels. And we've got to a point where Batman, literally, in the last few issues of the comic books, is questioning his sanity. He talks about a time he was going to commit suicide. He is very confused and unsure of himself. Now, you're talking about the standard monthly Batman and detective stories, not yes. any of the, the tangential Batman 66. Well, yeah, or, right. Exactly. Right. But we're, we're going to get to that as well. Okay. So we see Batman in the movie being a tortured soul and a Batman in a movie that is not much fun. I enjoyed the Christian Bale films for what they were. And there are people who say, well, that's the greatest Batman. But I don't see it as such. I see it as a man who is miserable, who never found an answer, and maybe that's what we want from our pop culture idols at this point, but it's not what I want. To me, Batman had it together. 
the Batman would find a way and figure something out. It may not be the 100% solution, but he'd get you out of that mess, or at least try. The modern Batman, or the way of thinking, is that maybe we do get the heroes that we want, or the heroes that we deserve. But I want a hero that can save the day. I want a hero that has hope, and I want a hero that has optimism. And though Adam West's portrayal of Batman in the Batman 66 show may be silly at times, you can definitely say that it embraced everything that a comic book was. And in the same way, the modern films are embracing everything that comics have become. The Batman 1966 television show did not have to hide its roots, did not have to worry about, would someone really understand somebody flying or somebody wearing a weird Riddler outfit? They just went with it. They just did it. They respected the source material. And you can say that, they, that the show was good or bad. That's, that's debatable. But they didn't flinch. They went at it whole hog. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about the Batman 1966 television show. Now, Tim, going off what you were saying earlier, we have seen a renaissance and a huge appreciation of the Batman 1966 explosion. And we have seen in the comics world and even in the animated films a resurgence of Batman. And it seemed like all that happened once the rights to the Batman TV show were put under one umbrella. We now have the Blu-rays. Tim, your thoughts on the Batman Blu-ray set? They're gorgeous. What what more can you say? They are. Uh, it was a painstaking, beautiful presentation. the The box was gorgeous. The episodes, the bonus features. I mean, I mean, it could not be better than than what it was. And it's such a love letter from uh, whoever whoever the guy who was so passionate about this at Warner Brothers in order to bring all that together. Because I, I never thought it would happen. Whoever that is, uh, you know, gets a beer on me. And, uh, I mean, if, if you are a fan of the show, there's no reason why you shouldn't have the, have the set. It's, it, it couldn't be more appropriate and beautiful, and the art direction on it is fantastic. To the Batmobile. For the first time, the complete Batman TV series is yours to own in a limited edition Blu-ray collection. Just in time. <laughs> All 120 original broadcast episodes. What? Is it possible? Not only possible, but true. Fully remastered in HD. Holy skyrocket! Exploding with over three hours of all-new special features. A special extra bonus. Including never-before-seen dynamic documentaries. And, of course, the working flamethrower. And holy headliners, Batman. Exclusive fan and celebrity interviews. The best Batman of all time. Plus, roaring out of the Batcave, your very own Hot Wheels replica Batmobile. Excellent. Let's go. Go behind the mask with the Adam West collectible scrapbook. Sensational. And what's this? Powerful vintage trading cards. Right up your alley. So let the game commence. Batman, the complete TV series limited edition Blu-ray collection. Let's clean house, Batman. Also available on DVD and digital HD November 11th. You've done it again, Batman. Dan, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a golden age of Batman 66 merchandise, memorabilia, you name it. I mean, it's it's and it's all because of that deal. Mm-hmm. And remember, the merchandise started coming out even before they put it out on video. The, the first step was 
announcing that there could be memorabilia with the likenesses of the actors and that there's a series of actors who who are part of it and still unfortunately there are actors and actresses uh, who are not a part of it so there, there's still a little bit missing there if you're looking too closely but right. once you know once they put it out on on home video whether you downloaded it or whether you bought the box set that you press a button and it and it plays the, the theme song and comes with its own Batmobile <laughs> and all that yep. stuff is great on the box set and that stuff the only thing that if I had a quibble at all it was because there wasn't enough Batgirl because Yvonne Craig wasn't part of the deal yet so they kind of downplayed her you know in terms of the extras they kind of downplayed her her mm. role in it all uh, which is unfortunate but that's just one of those things unfortunately that's just the way life is but it's 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 amazing and and at 13th dimension you know we've spent quite a time quite amount of time uh chronicling a lot of this stuff and it goes it, and it's it's all over the spectrum funko right now putting out these 3.75 inch action figures of of the of the characters for like 10 bucks a pop while at the other end of the spectrum is factory entertainment which is preparing this incredibly detailed bat bat cave sculpture that's going to sell for 800 dollars, oh and that'll be out later this year i mean it's it's at all levels and this stuff and even now actually that this stuff has been out for a few years it's actually kind of starting to die down a little bit but it's it's also because there isn't I mean, there's nothing left out there to do. There's so much of it now. So it's it's been this, this long time waiting. And finally, we, we've gotten all this stuff that we all wanted when we were, you know, I love, like we were talking before about Migos. I loved Migos. Absolutely love them. Favorite toys ever. Yep. But I wanted them to look like Adam West and Burt Ward. And you now. Know? And, and now you can have that. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can have both. And yep. that's the beauty of it. You get all this great stuff. And the, and the animated movies, there is going to be the second one with William Shatner playing Two-Face. Adam West did finish recording it, so we know that that's going to be coming out. My guess is we'll get some kind of announcement around San Diego to, to you know, it'll, it'll probably be out later this year. That's my take on it. Plus the comic books uh, also that, that, that uh, are the, the run of comic books that DC has produced in the 1966 universe, which – not only just included the the main series of that just takes place within that, but then also the series of crossovers we've had with Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and the UK Avengers, you know, Steed and Mrs. Peel. All Man of from that Uncle, stuff. yeah. Man from Uncle, all of that stuff. And, of course, earlier we got the, the Green Hornet is only now starting to come to an end. And it, in the end, when you add up all of the issues – the, the comic book series is actually going to last longer than the TV show itself. Right, right. <laughs> it, you know, when you think about that, it actually blows your mind. But that's going to end up being about four years of comics as opposed to basically two and a half years of a TV show. You know what? This, now would be a good time to bring this up. If, if you are listening and you're a fan of, of Adam's Batman and you enjoyed the show but you're not into comics, that's okay. But I encourage you to go to your local comic book store or your local library and ask for a copy of DC's Batman 66 trade paperback with the first five to ten issues. It, it really captures the flavor of the TV show. The artwork is fantastic. The stories are spot on and they, they, are, they could have been written by the TV show writers. Yes. They, are, they are that accurate. And there's little homages in every panel. Um, if you're not a comic book fan, that's okay. It's 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 great to read, and it's a it's a nice remembrance of those snuggly uh, snuggly 
uh, what was it, Tuesday and Wednesday nights or Tuesday yes. and Thursday Wednesday nights? Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> Wednesday and Thursday nights. That or, you could, uh, or, or every day after school. Right. You know. right. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, for, for 15 bucks, it's a great way to relive something and experience something new. I encourage you to go pick up DC's trade paperback. We are living in a blessed resurgence of Batman yeah. 66, and I am so glad that both... I am so glad that Adam West, Burt Ward, and Yvonne Craig got to see all the love that is out there. Julie Good Newmar point. as well. I'm so glad. Even if you look at that film, which Adam made a film with Burt Ward called Return to the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on CBS television back in the day, and uh, it, it's still worth checking out. I'm glad that they got to know that they were loved. I'm glad that they got to know how much we love them. And I'm glad that I got to share this with you guys hmm. and everybody I, listening. If I can share something, and that's very moving because it, it, you just kind of rang something in my mind when you said that, is that, as I said earlier, when I, I, I talked to Julie Newmar, who also, you talk about living up to what you would hope someone, you know, you look, we all do, even if we become jaded, we still have our heroes, or at least I hope we do. We, we have a tendency to project certain things onto people. They tend to a lot of the time be actors or musicians, and they may or may not be up to that challenge. So it's always really, really life-affirming in a way when you find out that the people on the other end do live up to that. And I, I've been really fortunate to have become friendly with Julie Newmar over the last couple of years since I started doing 13th Dimension. She's lovely and is everything you would imagine. But there was one thing that she said to me when I talked to her last week that goes exactly to your point. And she says, what you're saying is the highest accolade, the greatest generosity anybody could give to another human a human being is to say what he meant to you. The father that you wanted, that just melts the heart. I couldn't put it as well as you just put it. And the reward, wow. She, she understood it. Adam West understood it. Lee Merriweather understands it. Burt Ward understands it. I never got the chance to to talk to Yvonne Craig because she was ill. But in my my communications with her sister, she says that Yvonne Craig got it. And and that's one of the things that is heartening is that, you know, there's not a turkey in the bunch. There's none of them. There, none of them. Do you feel like they? You walked away from them feeling a little icky. I've, I, it's it's one of the things that's made all of this that much more special. Uh, is the fact that, that, that all of these actors seem to be acutely aware of what they, they kind of, in a sense, fell into to some extent or, or what they sought out had meaning. And, and I think that's great. Well, again, if you are a fan of the Batman 66 TV show, if you are a fan of Adam West, you can get every sort of action figure, every sort of model, every sort of comic book, every sort of story... Adam West is proof that of the Beatles saying, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. And it is just proof positive that it's possible. I want to thank Adam West for being part of our pop culture. Tim, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? You know, the sense of loss within the community among our friends, uh, you know, it, the three of us and our universe splintering out from this point has just been really overwhelming. And I was taking inventory of the friends that I have made and as, a, as an adult and I have bonded with 
as a result of this silly three-season TV show, it really speaks to just how important it is to our culture and how well Adam embraced that role. So, man, it's a loss that a week later I'm still kind of kind of staggering from. So rest assured that as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to go over to my DVR and catch the, the two episodes that I recorded off MeTV. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, any closing thoughts? I, I, I appreciate the opportunity of getting to say it again that we've – you know, this, this past week, and, and, and when I found out last weekend when it all happened, I was anguished. It was as if I'd lost a family member. I, I, I can't recall the last time. I don't, I, it was so strange and, and, and so painful uh, when I found out that I, I, I would never have anticipated that I would have reacted just as deeply and profoundly as I did at the time. I was, it, it was deeply, deeply upsetting. And as the week has gone on, I, I, there, there have been kind of highs and lows, but it's always stayed with me. And only now a week later am I kind of able to take a breath and, and kind of look at it with a bit more perspective. So I just appreciate getting another opportunity to talk about this. And, you know, and, and the, the, the beauty of it is that it's still going to be there next week and the day after that and the day after that. I can, Like you said, I can go fire up my, uh, you know, the, the iTunes and, and go watch an episode or or you know listen to something in my car listen to the soundtrack or you know or as i do go write about it at, at my website where i you know I, I love writing about this stuff and and uh it's it's I'm, I'm just glad that that we've lost adam west but we still have batman and we will always have batman thank you adam west and you know it, it just it just shows how big this is that it's not just us it's it's not just us comic nerds it's it's just not the batman fans it's it's really touched a lot of people well dan where can they find you on the internets 13thdimension.com is the website you can also follow us on facebook and on twitter we're very active in both places and you know we we don't just write about batman 66 but it is quite a lot of what we do so if you're listening to this episode and and you like what you heard you'll see a lot of that stuff uh there in terms of interviews and product information and you know, you name it, we do it. But it's also more than that. It's pop culture, it's comics, it's movies, it's TV. So uh, come pay us a visit. Hope you uh, like what you see. It's a fun site. I wholeheartedly endorse 13th Dimension. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Same here. And Thanks. for those of us on the Pop, a pop culture Facebook page, you will see his work there as well because Dan shares the links. So check it out. Don't be afraid. It's not just comic nerd stuff. Check it out. It's, <laughs> it is part of pop culture. Yeah. And Tim, where can people find you? DeepDishRadio.com is the uh, homepage for my podcast, Deep Dish Radio, uh, where I interview celebrities and friends and friends who wish they were celebrities, authors, uh, TV icons, musicians, songwriters. And, uh, you know, just going back and folks that I think is is cool. If you want to check out my favorite episode, check out the one with Bruce Sedano, who was Donna Summer's husband, who is now on his own as a singer songwriter and just doing some great work. Check out deepdishradio.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Deep Dish Radio. And I'm also showing up every now and then on some stuff that Ken does. I'm Zilch, a podcast full of monkeys. And you also have Hiram's Lodge, which is about... The Archies and the new TV show Riverdale, which is now renewed for a second season. 
Yep, we promised to get around to our, our finale episode sometime real soon. <laughs> and look for me to appear over yeah, there. Yeah, Ken's so. going to be on, on Hiram's Lodge. So oh, it's going to be, be fun. So, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you both for being part of our tribute to Adam West. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Ken. This is, um, this is uh, it's part of the, the healing process. I'm in Los Angeles today, and, and you can bet that I'm going to go out to Bronson Caverns and just take a minute. Hey, send me a picture, will you? Yeah, man. You bet I will. Great. We you will post will. it on the show notes. This morning, fans around the world are remembering a television legend, Adam West, the original Batman who generations grew up watching. ABC's Clayton Sandell is in Los Angeles with more on this superhero beloved by so many. Good morning, Clayton. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, no offense to the Keaton, the Bale, or the Affleck Batman, but for fans of a certain age, even in reruns, Adam West was the caped crusader. He was best known as TV's Batman. Batman to Coast Guard. With that unmistakable voice. It's a low neighborhood. And unforgettable charm. You interest me, strangely. Adam West rocketed to global fame, portraying the caped crusader on the ABC series from 1966 to 68. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Between movies and animation spin-offs, West holds the record for the most on-screen appearances as Batman 156 times. To the Batmobile. West finally got his Hollywood star 40 years after the original Batman series ended. Born in Walla Walla, Washington, William West Anderson led a career that spanned TV, radio, and movies over seven decades, beginning as an announcer on Armed Forces Radio. The Pentagon tweeting he was our hero long before the cape. In this 2006 interview, West was asked how he'd like to be remembered. As someone who just brought in what he could, and because of the blessings of timing and whatever, did something worthwhile. Later in his career, the pop culture icon reached a younger generation with his distinctive voice, appearing as himself in The Simpsons. Pure West. In the Fairly Odd Parents as Catman. You're a disease and Catman is the cure. And in Family Guy as the lunatic mayor named Adam West. I was trying to gain superpowers. But he never seemed to mind that he'll always be known as the defender of Gotham. Adam West was 88 years old. His family says he died after a short battle with leukemia. They have not yet announced any plans for a public memorial. Bert, so sorry for your loss of your dear friend, Adam West. We will forever know him as Batman, even for those of us that weren't born in 1966. Why to you will he always be Batman? Because he and our show was bigger than life. Uh, it was something that appealed to every age group, whether it was the kids who enjoyed the hero worship, it was the teenagers and the college kids that enjoyed the double meanings and insinuations and all the kind of crazy campy stuff we did, and it was the adults who remember the comic book fondly. So Batman appealed to all ages, and what our show did that was different than every other show was ours was the very first show that actually played with the audience. We used to say that we put on our tights to put on the world. And Adam and I had the best time together. I mean, for me, I've spent 75% of my life on this planet working with this man. And I loved him dearly. And even during the times that we filmed Batman, on weekends that we would find time to go out and play tennis. 
and people would come out and they'd say, oh, my God, there's Batman and Robin playing tennis. <laughs> but we had great fun together. He was a wonderful man, a wonderful family man. He loved his kids. He loved his wife. He, he couldn't have been more fun to work with. I, I've worked with Adam, and we go out and, at these comic conventions, and there's thousands of people, and we get do these panels where we're in hundreds, in front of hundreds or sometimes even thousands, and it's always the same thing where we don't plan anything because he knows so much about me, and I know so much about him, and we tease each other and taunt in a most loving way, and the audience goes crazy. Batman will be here forever. I miss him terribly. I can't even believe it's happened. I'm supposed to work with him in two weeks in Las Vegas, and I have a tour with him for the rest of the year, but I will never forget him. I love him as my own brother. Thank you, everyone, for once again listening to Pop. We appreciate you so much, and thank you, Christine, again, for being a superstar rock star, and to Tim Powers, thank you so much. And we'd also like to thank Dan Greenfield for being part of the show. Thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of Pop, a pop culture podcast. To the back cave, Courtney. Okay. Batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You're ready to move off. That's our show. Pop is an online nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the pop staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever pop is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Just be real, okay? Ken, I can't help it. I know. Well, I know. It's, it's you, right? <laughs> and I call each other every day and we go, say, Mac, what's the haps? Or we go, say, Mac, what gives? Listen here, lady. You're very good at that voice. I brought them a hawker, you see? Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of them. Say, what gives? Yeah, yeah. Say, mister! Listen (laughs) here, kid. That's what we do, too. Here's a quarter. Yeah. Here's a quarter. (laughs) Why don't you beat feet? (laughs) Beat feet. There was good stuff for reels on there, for all of our reels, but no, we can't. None of us Weird. can't touch it, and that's the rule. Can't touch The MC Hammer rule is in effect. It's the MC Hammer rule. You can't touch this, and you have to go bankrupt. Right. It's. <laughs> it, it actually is the MC Hammer rule. You can't touch it, and afterwards you're broke. <laughs> <laughs>
and then eventually you wind up doing really bad commercials or a reality show. Now for someone very funny who also knows a lot about Batman. <laughs> now for a professional comedian <laughs> who's far more qualified to talk about this subject than I. This is the, this is the part where, we, where, the mat, where the funny comedian who knows more comes in and really schools us and they're funny. <laughs> no, you're fantastic. You really yeah, Tim, are. Tim Power is a good comic. Yep. He he's is. funny. I like his podcast. He's very easy to listen to. Like, he's the guy you can put on in the car. And if you're stuck in traffic, it's okay because he's there. Yeah. He's there with you. Well, he's listening to us today. So, hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Let's do a show together. Excellent. A comedy show, not another podcast because that'd be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you can cheat. I, I, would, I would produce the shit out of that. I, I'm sure you would, but um, I believe in podcast monogamy. <laughs> crazy person <laughs> episode 10 our tribute to adam west episode 10 of pop pop yeah let me say it without the because i have you i have you actually recorded saying pop oh so i i just have to do the episode 10 because i'm automated now there's now a courtney cronin old program whoa <laughs> Is it like an app? <laughs> yeah, it's an app. It, 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 it talks to you. It wakes you up in the middle of the night to talk to you about Neil Finn? Yep. <laughs> Randomly. <clears throat> I think this may be the first episode where Crowded House, Cheap Trick, and uh, Squeeze... Will not be mentioned. Or Split Ends. You know, yes. It's the first one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere, <laughs> some way, someday. Oh, yeah, now. Say goodnight, Dick. <laughs>